and let me put a caveat there before people are saying, oh, Stan told me to come in late and like feel relaxed and do nothing. Like that's not what I'm saying, right? Like if you're a factory worker and the line is stopping because you're not there at 6 a.m., you know, then you're just failing at your job because the outputs are not there, right? Yeah. But if you are a knowledge worker and nobody's depending on your time at the office, mm. then I think you should optimize if you want to get the best output. You should optimize for when your energy is high and when mm. you have the energy to actually produce the knowledge work that you're asked to produce. Hello everyone, this is Tracy and I am your host on the Visible at Work podcast. Subscribe to hear a weekly dose of actionable insights from me with my decade experience working with multicultural teams across Europe, the Middle East, Africa and North America. You also hear down-to-earth interviews with culturally diverse people who have succeeded to remain visible at work, irrespective of adjusting to different countries, work cultures and people. You don't want to miss this. On this week's episode, I have another guest today. His name is Stan von Wacom, and he moved from the Netherlands, lived a little bit in Sweden, and now is based in New Zealand. I'm sure you might be wondering, these are all English-speaking countries. What's the difference there? Well, Stan is going to share his personal story of how he's transitioned from being an introvert to now owning three startup companies and his professional life working before you know, segueing into being an entrepreneur. So it's a story that you want to hear. If you're going to start a business in a new country or a new location, then you need to listen to Stan's story. Stan, you're welcome today. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So Stan, like how did you start this whole journey? Just tell us, you know, your journey from the Netherlands to Sweden. What was your plan? Did you have a game plan to have like start all these companies and, you know, at once? How did it start for you? Yeah, great question. And uh, I didn't have a big plan at the beginning. Uh, the plan did form over time. I, I always had some sort of ambition to do something meaningful for the world, uh, but didn't know exactly what that was. And when I moved from the Netherlands to Sweden, I definitely uh, didn't have that plan uh, clearly cut out. I was actually graduating my uh, my first degree and I realized, okay, after I finish this in, in a few months, you know, I'm going into the workforce. Is that what I want? And I realized I felt way too young, way too unexperienced for that. And um, sort of by accident, found myself uh, another degree abroad. So I did a, a master degree in Sweden. So that's why I moved to Sweden for, uh, for a year. And um, yeah, if, if people are listening and they're in their bachelor degree and a master degree, or maybe thinking about going back to school, I'd highly recommend having a look at studying abroad. There can be lots of benefits to that but the main benefit for me was just broadening my perspectives it wasn't so much about a degree but I lived in a house with many people from different countries sharing different stories about their work life and where they want to go after their studies which was really really interesting mind eye-opening because I didn't actually think about many of the opportunities that they had already taken or were thinking about for after their studies and this inspired me to uh, to try and find a job in Australia. It was actually really tough. I applied for many companies in Australia and didn't get any response, which now a few years, uh, you know, having a few years of experience in corporate, I understand, you know, because they can hire people locally. There's so many graduates. Why would they hire a graduate from the other side of the planet? It's costly. Um, and then I found myself a job in the Netherlands uh, with a big multinational, Deloitte. And I thought, okay, maybe using that job, I can, 
find myself a place in Australia. And it was actually really, really difficult. You, you'd think, okay, you know, now that you're working at a big multinational, it's going to be easy to relocate. It was not. It was conversations early in the morning because of the time difference, late at night. Again, you know, I was just a graduate really early on in my career. So they had plenty of other fish that they could choose from. And um, after really a lot of trying, a lot of applications, a lot of interviews, somebody told me, Stan, you know, like, is this, is this country even worth it? You've not even been there. Somebody, you know, sold you the dream of living in, in Australia. You know, is it really what you want? Do you even know that? You know, it's this big hypothesis. And as a scientist, you know, shouldn't you go and test it? So I went over and um, found myself in a heat wave. It was like 45 degrees um, Celsius, obviously. And um, that was, it was insane. It was, it was crazy. And I thought, okay, maybe this is not the place for me. You know, I like moderate temperatures. And somebody literally at the same time gave me uh, the phone number of a recruiter in New, New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand. Wow. And uh, really rapidly, I found myself a job. It was one conversation. They were like, yep, yeah, the skills that you have fit right in where we want to go. And so that's how I found myself in New Zealand. So maybe to, to stop a massive monologue there, that's sort of the, the way that I found myself across different sides of the planet. <laughs> that's amazing speaking about um, a graduate degree i know like a lot of people that also listen they're international students in a different country some of them had had their career before going back to school and like i always advise people like if you're going to get a, a graduate degree that's even a good time to start building your network with your classmates because you never know where where else somebody else can move to a different part of the world and you would have another network there and it's also like very relaxing because like there's no pressure. Nobody's trying to, you know, make up appearances because you're all in school. Everybody's trying to get their grades and all. So it's a really good time to get to build a network, get to meet people and establish uh, friendships. It might not be deep friendships, but just knowing that you know someone in this from this country that is, you know, that also shared the same class, did some courses with you really goes a long way. So you're right about that. And that's interesting, you know you trying to move to Australia and then that didn't work out, but you also got the chance to travel to Australia just to test the waters, right? Yeah. So I, I took uh, some time off and obviously, you know, paid for a ridiculously expensive flight to, uh, to get my over there to sort of just test the waters and, and quite rapidly realized, okay, maybe this is not the place for me to work. You know, Sydney is a city, I think with 4 million people. And, you know, I, I like getting out and about going hiking and, you know, you can do that in, in Sydney, but you do have to fight traffic, choose the right times. And, uh, it's, it, you know, it's a big city, maybe not compared to some mega cities like Shanghai, New York, et cetera, but it's, it's a big city, right? So mm. I realized that maybe for me, it's actually good to look at smaller cities. And so Auckland um, was one of the reasons why I chose Auckland was because I think the city is just a better fit for me. Uh, you know, it's a little bit smaller. It's easy to get out and about, but it's still big enough to have a talent pool to, uh, to team up with. Because I did start now to have these ideas of becoming an entrepreneur. Now, one of the reasons why I had to wait with that is because of the visa. And I think a lot of the people in the audience of your podcast uh, have the same, same challenges here. You know, yeah. you, you actually need to get your, your permanent residency, right? Your residency, yeah. or your uh, citizenship even. And um, or in America, it might be the green card, right? So in every country, it's a little bit different. And if you don't have it, there's just this 
it's like a black hole in your life. You constantly feel like you're going to get sucked out of the country. There's going to be something that's going to, you know, like give you bad news or you're not allowed to do this or you should have to pay that or there's some, you know, you have to go back to studies just so you can get a study visa. It's also to like, really, it's not new assances. It's like, it's actually big issues and it has massive health impacts, right? Mental health, uh, stress, like can lead to physical health problems. Um, I think visas are, are a big part of the, you know, the expatriate or the professionals abroad uh, lifestyle. You know, everybody knows about problems. And it's, I think a lot of people um, don't appreciate how big of an issue this is. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, it takes a lot of trying to navigate that. Sometimes you you put your life on hold um, because you can't really establish there. And because you need to make some investments and then you're not sure if after you make the investments, then you get the visa or your visa is renewed, you know, things like that. And of course you still have to show up at work and still do your work and still be a top performer. So it takes a lot on your mental health and um, um, career wellness, which is part of what we also talk about here. And, you know, you just um, mentioned that how you were trying to look about the city deciding what city to stay in you know you're able to test the waters and for anyone listening here if you have the the financial capacity to be able to test out the country you want to go to just go for a holiday and just see how that plays out and um, you know you never know you might you know decide to stay back or you might just say okay maybe this country is not for me and move to a different country um one of our guests that we even interviewed she said she she spent three months first and then she said, okay, so, and then three months up to three years. So you just never know. And I like what you said. So how long were you in Australia for? Yeah, so I had not just going for a holiday. I had quite a clear mission. Within two okay. weeks, I wanted to land a job. Right? Oh, nice. <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's good. That was good to have a game plan. Exactly. So I said, okay, I'm going for two months. And um, the first two weeks, I want to land myself a job. And so I... You know, I didn't go lightly, you know, I went full interstellar, like go, go into that dark night with everything you have, right? Like, I had, like meetings lined up the whole two weeks. Awesome. Awesome. Mm, yeah. Uh, the, I, I remember that I think two hours after my plane landed, I had my first interview with, um, you know, with somebody high up the ranks in one of the big corporates. And he said, okay, we're going to hire you. You know, you're awesome. We want you. We're not going to let this opportunity go. Uh, consider it done. And I said, okay. You know, I've heard this before. Uh, how about the details? How do we make this happen? And it's like, oh, you just have to talk with my recruiter. He's going to put you through two interviews. But given that we already had like the final interview, I'm pretty confident it's you know not going to be a problem. Yeah, and what happened? In- yeah, and the interviewer just uh, or the recruiter didn't even uh, pick up the phone, never texted back. Uh, oh you know, man! And so I can imagine how that felt. Yeah, man, I was. I was so happy, you know, just two and a half hours or three hours into the, into the country. And I was like, man, I've nailed it, you know, and then uh, nothing was happening. And I was like, okay, this is, this is not mm-hmm. what I expected. Yeah. Um, and speaking, then, speaking about that, you know, you talked about uh, confidence and how, um, you know, sometimes you being in a new location, trying to get opportunities, it has a way of hitting at your confidence, trying to build that. And you also said you were an introvert. So how, how are you able to, manage that then move into um, New Zealand how are you able to juggle that yeah I've I've got a um, luxury that's also a a double-edged sword I've got massive levels of self-discipline so 
I actually won various national medals. I've got two medals in, in beach handball and handball and then one in uh, rowing. And um, it's not because I'm super athletic. You know, as a kid, people used to say like, oh, you know, he walks like a stick and, you know, no, no good, uh, how do you call them, like uh, flexible skills at yeah. all. But it's just pure, you know, keeping at it and doing your best. Same thing with applying for jobs. You know, I applied for dozens of jobs. In those two weeks, I met dozens of people. And you, you just cannot get life to get you down. You have to just constantly get up and hit it, you know, put in another punch. It's not about how often you get, you know, beat down. It's about how often you get up. You know, it's about how many punches that you keep swinging into the market, into whatever opportunity that you want to get. Right now, you know, we're, um, we're starting a company. I don't have massive savings on the bank. You know, I don't have a big investor behind me, uh, but we've got a massive purpose. We're going to uplevel humanity's mental health and people want to rally behind that. Does everybody want to rally behind that with no pay and no guarantees on anything? No, absolutely not. So I've onboarded probably 30 people roughly. And uh, I think seven of them are actually, you know, putting in the work. So if I would get demotivated after the first uh, 15, you know, I would not have seven people on board because you get better at recruiting people. You get better at inspiring people, right? Out of the first 15, nobody is on board. But out of the second 15, seven are on board, right? Okay. So if you do the same thing for going for jobs, you know, the first 15 interviews, you're not going to be good at it because you just didn't have to practice, right? But the second 15, you're going to be much better. So just keep up, keep getting up and keep swinging. Yeah, so it gets better with time, definitely. And um, speaking about like onboarding and doing your business in the Netherlands, how was it for you like trying to find clients? Because um, now you're out of your comfort zone, like you've moved again to another country. And, you know, you mentioned something about how one has to really know um, the kind of people that they're going to be dealing with in that location, apart from just being a high flyer. So you might be a high flyer wherever you're coming from. But once you move to a new location, you really have to be strategic in how you meet people and how you build that network, whether for business or for professional gain. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I was a high flyer. Um, it's a good question. I actually, uh, I was invited to speak at a conference the other day and uh, as part of a panel. Yeah. And uh, it was the first time I did that. I was really honored. And uh, I loved it because I really used to be an introvert and I'm still an introvert, but I have kept at practicing and practicing and practicing using my self-discipline to say, hey, I want to really become a great speaker. I want to do presentations, podcasts, videos, you know, in person, over the phone, everything, right? I just want to be great in communication, one-on-one and to a group, mm. right? And um yeah, you know, it's taken me probably 10 years, you know, maybe maybe more than a decade, you know, doing extracurricular courses, taking up every opportunity, you know, like when I was doing that study in Sweden, it was very practical. It was like presentations every week. And I just yeah. told myself at the first presentation, we had like a group and they asked, okay, who's going to do the presentation? I just literally said to myself, Stan, this year, you're going to take every opportunity to present. Mm. You're not like you're not going to give up a single one. And so I probably gave about 40 presentations in a year, right? Mm. And you're bound to get good if you do that. Is it oh. easy? No. Is it fun? Sometimes, you know? <laughs> um, but you get smacked in the face and you get bad feedback and you get good feedback and you get 
all sorts of feedback. But now, you know, five years later, 10 years later, you know, I get tons of feedback, you know, great feedback, feedback of people saying, I want to be in your wake. I want to follow you. I want to you know, be part of your movement. I want to help out. I want to volunteer. Does that come by doing it a few times? No, you really got to keep at it. Um, so I think, I think that's the same for, for going for jobs. That's the same for going for a visa, you know, like, I mean, maybe like right now I've got my v, my permanent residence, so I hope that, uh, that that's sort of stable. You never <laughs> know. But um, what I did, and uh, I don't know whether it is common, but I, like you, you got the official form and all the documentation goes with it, but I wrote like a really nice letter and I put it on the top of my request. <laughs> yeah, on the top of my application. I said, oh, you know, Dear, I'd love for you to have like a positive view when you're reading through this application because I've put in, you know, my best efforts to make it really easy for you to digest what's in here. The key points that you should take away from this are X, Y, Z. Thank you so much. Please give me a call on my mobile phone if you have any questions. Inspired regards, Stan. I mean, like if I would get that and I have an admin job, I'd be like, yeah, awesome guy. You know, here it is. You gotta put in the work, you know. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't just, get the idea because go I the tried extra one. mile. Just take, just take one more step, you know. Go the extra mile. Practice, 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 because you never know. Don't turn down opportunities because you just know. You just don't know which one might be the one that everybody will now know you for, or people will want to look up to you for, or opportunity more opportunities will open up for you. And um, you know, guys, everyone listening now, and if you really want to practice that your presentation skills, being able to advocate for yourself at work or being able to build your network. I have a free class coming up as well. So you should check the website, sign up for that. And um, Stan is really open here, sharing his own story on how he's been able to do that for himself. And now he's focusing on multiple projects and uh, mainly the one about up-leveling humanity for mental health, which is so important to, you know, your work life and your career because if you're not mentally stable then you cannot give your best at work or in your business as well so Stan, mm. could you tell us a little bit about that absolutely so we have multiple projects on the go and one of the reasons for that is because we constantly have people giving us great ideas and we look at okay which one is going to be the most impactful for a group that can you know really use it uh, but which one is also most doable for us with the skills and resources that we have, right? And um, one of the ones that we're building now is is a journaling app because a lot of people are trying to journal. They know it's good for their health, mental health, uh, for their social health, right? If you get stuff off your chest, you're going to get better friends because you're going to be, you know, lashing out a lot less, you know, you're going to be much more friendly, much more grateful. Um, so journaling is a key part of uh, becoming better as a person we recognize it's actually really difficult to keep up a good journaling habit. You know, you have to have your notebook with you, your pen, you know, it has to have ink in it. Uh, you need to know what you're writing about. Maybe, you know, you think about it just before falling asleep and you have to turn the lights on. And maybe you go traveling, do you take it? It's extra baggage. It's actually really difficult. You know, the, the most common scenario is that people buy a notebook, they start the habit, and then after a year, you find that notebook and you've done three pages. Right, yeah. that's very common, very common. So we realized, okay, this needs to be much more simple. So what we've built is an app, it's one button, 
you press it, it starts recording, you can talk to it, and it gives you questions that you can cycle through. You can choose the next question if you don't like this one. And it cycles through different areas of your life. So it helps you reflect on things that you might have never thought about. Have you thought about sexuality? Have you thought about religion? Have you thought about spirituality? Have you thought about you know, finances? You know, some people like myself, they go way too deep in finances. You know, they're you know, almost stressed out about it all the time. Other people never think about it. And both of these people can end up in the same problems. So for me to think about something else than finance is really good. And for the other person, maybe to think about finance is really good. Journaling about that in, in a way that is just really easy with your voice. You can use tonality, pace, you know, you can whisper, you can sing, you can do whatever you want. It's just about getting it off your chest, right? And so that's, that's one product that we're building. Uh, if this sounds really great to you, uh, look up uh, Journal Me, J-R-N-A-L.me. That's the website. And uh, feel free to, uh, to obviously email me. We'll give our, my email at the, end of the, at the end of the podcast. I'm sure you'll also find it in the, in the description. Um, but yeah, if, if, that's one, you know, if that sounds like something that is meaningful for you, and it might not be the project for you, or it might not be the, but if you feel like, hey, you know, I like where this is going, the idea of you know, using software and, and things that we can scale to help people across the planet with stress, mental health. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Mm, that's amazing. Because the truth is that, um, you know, technology is supposed to make our lives easier, which has already started. And um, we still use technology every day. So why can't we use technology to journal? And it just makes it easy because we're always on our phones anyway. So you can just use your phone instead to keep journaling and talking about like your day. And also it gives you that perspective because you can lose your papers, you can move and forget your journals and stuff, but you can always just go back. So does it have prompts? Like you said that it will ask you questions. So it has like prompts to tell you what you want to talk about and then you build on that. Exactly. So we're going to make it as easy as possible, as fun as possible. We're looking at different so, uh, features that will make it more insightful as well. And, and this is, for example, a real balance. And if you're listening to this, we'd love to have your feedback. And there's the balance between do we use, for example, machine learning to look at insights on how you're feeling over time? Are you feeling more happy? Are you using words uh, that are showing that you, know, you, you feel better over time? Or are may, maybe are you getting you know, seasonal depression? Maybe we can get those types of insights out of the words you're using, your tonality, the type of sentences, the things that you talk about. But then at the same time, we can only do that if we don't fully encrypt uh, your journals. And we do like the idea of you know, absolute privacy uh, because these journals are for yourself, not for anybody else. So we're actually thinking about, okay, which feature do we go for? Do we do absolute privacy? Um, you know, with no backdoor master key that we can give to ourselves and somebody else, just like Apple does it? Or do we do, uh, you know, um, machine learning, sentiment analysis to give you more insights about yourself? Because that's one of the problems with, uh, you know, a physical notebook. At the end of the year, you might have written, you know, 365 pages, but do you really want to read all of them again to get like some insight? It doesn't give you those insights. So, yeah, we're, we're thinking about that. And if you're listening and you're like, you've got an opinion on this, um, I'd like to hear it. Hmm. That's, that's something to think about, you know, just having the, the ease of going back to look over stuff. Uh, it just makes things a little bit easier. So. Today's episode was brought to you by 
Career Visibility Accelerator program. Have you ever felt that sinking feeling of being left out? Then listen. There's a problem you face being a highly skilled foreign professional. If you're an immigrant, a self-funded expert, a newcomer, or have English as your second language, you've prepared for everything else, location, food, weather, a great house, schools for your kids if you have one, but you haven't prepared for the business side of selling your skills in a new environment. You might get a job just to pay the bills. Of course, we all have bills to pay, so that's understandable. But then you get sucked into just surviving. How do you get unstuck from that? And even if you got a job, how do you influence decision makers at work, confidently speak up at meetings, deal with the cultural differences that could affect your productivity and performance? You plan for every other thing else. And all of that is hinged on the work that you do. So you need to plan for how you manage your talent, sell your skills, build your connections, and recertify to learn a new skill set. There comes Career Visibility Accelerator Program. It is here to help cut short that long, lonely, difficult process as a leading six-week virtual training program to help you stand out at work. If you're ready to take action, then join us and let's go all in. Visit www.visibleatwork.com. Sign up for the waitlist to learn about a proven framework to confidently share your transferable skills, articulate your value, and be the superstar you've always been. It's been tested, proven, and has helped skill the careers of many foreign professionals like you. Join the Career Visibility Accelerator program so you can make that shift from surviving to thriving. Visit www.visibleatwork.com and sign up for the waitlist today. That's something we should think about. So let me just backtrack to how you started the, the businesses in, in New Zealand and how were you able to get people to come on board um, apart from you know, just onboarding staff and all. You know, like you mentioned your experience when you landed in Australia and then when you moved to New Zealand, working with Deloitte and then now transitioning into your business how did that happen what was the magic um t- number for you like <laughs> the magic for me as in like I need to start this project now no I need to start this business what was the turning point for you um the turning point for me was um having my permanent residency oh yeah yeah brings that stability True. Exactly. And so when I had my personal residency, my, sorry, my um, permanent residency, uh, I started looking at like, when do I want to start it? Uh, you know, the general answer was as soon as possible, but what is as soon as possible, right? Like what is, what is the moment where you say now it's possible, right? Uh, do you need to have a certain amount of money in your bank account? Do you need to have your ideas, you know, designed and, and maybe, you know, have people tested it and, do you need to have a team? Uh, this is really personal preference. It really depends on how comfortable you are with taking risk. And for me, it was actually quite ambiguous. It was November 20, um, 2018. Okay. And I said, okay, let's plan for 2019, right? Let's, let's sit down for a weekend and say, what is 2019 going to look like? What do I want? What do I not want? Um, and it was very clear to me. 
I want to be an entrepreneur and I do not want to have a job. <laughs> right. And uh, it's not that I never want to have a job anymore. It, it is my plan to, you know, be a successful entrepreneur and never need a job anymore. But there's many benefits of jobs uh, besides having salaries, so just learning for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe I'll have a job in the future, but it was not my plan to have a job in 2019. Mm. And it was very clear to me that's the Monday after I resigned. I just said, 2019, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to try the route of entrepreneurialism. I'm going to see if I have what it takes to find product market fit, to sell, to gather around me a team of people that are capable and willing to put in the work mm. and great results. And that leads us right here to this podcast at hmm. the uh, December 2019, one year later. And wow. uh, it's an amazing journey. I highly recommend, but also obviously recommend that you think about the risks and that you think about whether it's right for you. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it boils down to personal preference, discipline, focus, and um, thinking about what's right for you. And speaking about work, you know, you, you know, even though you said you never wanted to have a job at that time, which you're still open to in the future, but you know, you still work long hours because before we were able to fix this time, you, and we're trying to go back and forth on timing and you were like, Oh, I'm, I have to work this day. I have to work that day. And then I saw your video about self care. So even though you're not doing like the regular nine to five, you're still working long hours and um, you take time to unplug. So what would you advise, you know, seeing that your business is centered around mental health how do you advise people to you know to just unplug from the stress of maybe their new location the visas and documentations and all of that how do they unplug and build their mental health yeah well i mean i can give an entire course on this and i have <laughs> and so some some simple tips some simple things or, or some very clear practical things that you can do is uh, listen to your body, right? Like if you're really, really tired, it's probably not the right time to work. You know, sometimes I have a meeting at say, let's say 11 a.m., right? So that means I can sleep enough, I can have morning breakfast, I can go for a run or whatever, and then go for the meeting. But sometimes, you know, some days you have that and you're extremely tired. And then it's just really honest to ask yourself what's going to be a better outcome. Reschedule last minute and take a bit of a you know a nosedive on like hey sorry that it's last minute but let's reschedule or showing up to a meeting uh, tired unfocused and probably not making the most out of the meeting now this is this is something that has really helped me because uh, it has put meetings and like spending time on certain things really into perspective and the opportunity cost as well like I could use that hour for something else and so taking rest really is becoming part of my job. Um, I've never worked 40 hours. I'd say, you know, at Deloitte and Ernst Young, I'd probably work 60 hours. Um, but now, and now I do the same 60 hours, but they're not the same parts of the week. So sometimes now I work a whole Saturday and a whole Sunday, but I take, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. And then I have effectively a three-day weekend where I don't check my email, we go camping, you know, it's, it's incredible. Um, I don't ask anybody to show up at 9 a.m. because I work with young people and most young people, they need their sleep in the morning. I mean, this is, there's, I mean, some people are going to say, Stan, I've got the evidence against this. There's always scientific evidence, you know, for 
and against every uh, uh, every argument. Uh, but there is a number of scientific, uh, you know, experiments where they found, where they say the conclusion is that young people need to sleep in the morning and they have more time at night, you know, more energy at night. So why would I try and get people in in the morning? I like coming in at 10 a.m. and working until 8 p.m. You know, when I did that at my corporate job, they said, man, you're lazy. You come in at 10. But when I was doing a presentation for that exact same company at 11.45 p.m., you know, they didn't say like, oh, great job. You know, they were not there, right? I think it's ridiculous to look at when somebody comes in, when somebody goes. It's really about, you know, is somebody doing the work with the right energy, right motivation, the right results? You know, who cares when they work? The future of work, you know, is changing with the gig economy and global mobility and remote working. The future of work is changing now. So it's not really about just showing it you know, showing up physically or even just logging in, but the results from your work, irrespective of the hours you put in, that's what is really going to show for a lot of companies and a lot of people in the future. So you're really right about that. Yeah, I think I'm right about it because, you know, I'm getting good feedback from, from the people that I work with. But at the same time, I would like to partially disagree with it. It's changing. I think a lot of established companies, you know, I'm not saying the whole S&P 500, but a lot yeah. of them, um, they still really favor that you come in at 8.30 and leave at 5.30 or later. And honestly, I don't think it's changing as fast as we hope to believe. You know, it's, it's, it's not changing. I think a lot of people that are listening are, you know, maybe not in their heads now saying, yeah, it's not changing. My company, you know, I might come in later, but I can see the faces going like shaking their heads. Uh, I think there's still a massive amount of work that needs to be done. And you know, if you're one of the people that just says, you know, I've got my best energy from 11 a.m. and I work until 7, good on you for doing it. And if they kick you out for it, you should probably shouldn't be there in the first place. Like, honestly, screw them. They don't get it. <laughs> I hope it works out for them. But I, I understand the, the angle you're coming from because some of these companies have been in existence for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's like this traditional... Um, this is how they run things and this is how they want things to run so it mm. might take a while but I mean like the, the concept of accepting remote working um, and dif- working with different time zones because a lot of companies too are making inroads into global markets so they have to respect like the different time zones and all so now some of them are really forced to change and some are, some are in the process of change some actually bring you on board to be a transformation agent but they're still stuck in the traditional way where it's hard for them to adapt to like the changes that you're bringing in. But over time, it will still happen. Just like I me- you remember when everybody was dreaming about the Blackberry because of the buttons. And now almost every phone you see ha- is just a screen and you have the touch screen. So it will take time, but it will eventually happen. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and let me put a caveat there before people are saying, oh, Stan told me to come in late and like feel relaxed and do nothing. Like, that's not what I'm saying, right? Like, if you're a factory worker and the line is stopping because you're not there at 6 a.m., you know, then you're just failing at your job because the outputs are not there, right? But if you are a knowledge worker and nobody's depending on your time at the office, Mm. then I think you should optimize if you want to get the best output. You should optimize for when your energy is high and when mm. you have the energy to actually produce the knowledge work that you're asked to produce, mm. right? If you're, if you're at a job where the job description is you need to be here and push a button, 
then you need to be there to push a button, right? Like, and that's the reality for a lot of people. Yeah. But if, if your job description is, I want you to do some incredible thinking um, and, you know, something that needs your brain to be powered in the way that only you can do it or a very limited set of people can do it, then, you know, you should probably do it in a way that your body tells you, hey, you know, my brain is working the best right now. And then you're working. Mm. So innovative and critical thinking need to be optimized, you know, in line with what, how your body works, your body clock works, so you can get the best out of your um, performance. So that's really true. So Dan, tell us how we can um, find you and know, you know, keep up with the project. You mentioned about Journal Me and where else can we find you? Yeah, so it's really easy to find me. So Stanford Workham, uh, you'll probably put my name, you'll tag me somewhere. Uh, yeah. I use my real name everywhere. Uh, and if you want to email me, uh, you can email me at stan at gita.co.nz. So stan at gita, G-I-T-A, dot co dot N-Z. Okay. Uh, that's our business. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to see my live videos, which Tracy, you mentioned, you're really enjoying. That's really where I practice my public speaking. I hope to give away good content, just like, you know, on this podcast. Uh, you can find us in League of Champions. And I think, Tracy, you've, you've been there a few times as well, right? You, you watch the videos. So it's great to have you there. And um, yeah, um, feel free to join us there. It's a Facebook group, League of Champions, and then Dash Free Group. Uh, and there's awesome content nearly every day. You know, every, every workday, there's uh, awesome new content. So feel free to enjoy that as well. Yeah, so that's great to, you know, be surrounded by positive-minded, like-minded people. So it's really great to hear your story and um, just share your journey with us and everything. Thank you so much, Stan, for being with us today. Guys, remember, communication is your superpower to remain visible at work. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.